Hey, hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Whole Human Radio. Megan Blanchard here. And if you do not know by now, the whole human mission is to bring a lot of these high level, one dimensional self help topics into a more usable, relatable, down to earth, real life, whole human context. So you can actually implement and integrate this stuff into your everyday life, which is why I brought on Sasha Tazi to help me break down not just the dark side or shadow side, but the light side of codependency, relationship tears, and what that looks like within boundaries and discernment in our lives and how that applies to our self-care. She and I get into some really juicy details that I think are really important for the recovering codependent, self-abandoner, doormat, overgiver, big-hearted person. Don't forget, I broke the show down into two parts just to make it um, you know, pleasing and accessible so it wasn't a super incredibly long show. And um, this is a re-edited version because I learned a lot about sound editing on my journey. So if this is the second time you're listening to this, the sound quality should be a lot better. But um, yeah, thank you for being here. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. A written review is extremely helpful in iTunes. Share it with your friends and thank you for being here. You're my first, how do you feel about this? You're my first official like co-host, like as opposed to interview style, which I'm really excited about because you're like, (laughs) yeah, so because I, you know, I told you when I started this whole thing up, like I wanted to have some like relatable conversations and we're going to get into that in a minute, but I just totally trust. And I was thinking about this this morning before you and I got on the call and actually this might be interesting to talk to you about too, really briefly is one, I, a lot of the people that I resonate with and connect with are deep, they're healers. Right. And so like I trust mm-hmm. in one, I trust in divine timing and I know you and I have had to re- reschedule stuff before. And there's been a few other people that I've had to reschedule stuff with. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I hear you. And it it's when you're ambitious and when you're like, you have some of that just inner drive and passion, it can be really difficult to rein in and like surrender to like the the flow of life when life gets in the way and it doesn't you know your day is set out and planned out but then you have to like actually you know reality comes in or unplanned things come in and it's like life happens and how do you deal with that and how do you let it be okay and like surrender to the fact that you're not in charge and that's something that like is a constant dance, right? For me, it's like, it's like balancing what I want to do. And then, and then also detaching from like my set plan in my head of how things are going to, how my day is going to go or all the things that I'm going to check off my list or like, you know, just even just like having an idea in my head of how I want my next business, I'm sure you may have experienced it even with launching your podcast, like plans for how you want it to go and then how it actually goes. Yeah. So like, I think, yes, there's yes. So I think for me, what I, what I knew was in the beginning was like to have a certain amount sort of planned out and done in the beginning. So that way, if something did come up, I wouldn't feel like I was behind or that I wasn't still moving forward. If that makes any sense. 
I don't know. It's just gotten very important to me to listen to my body and say, yep, that's what I'm going to do for you today. A hundred percent. I'm so in agreement with that. And like, I've more and more been letting my body like speak, like letting my body, just like hearing what my body wants to say, like even with making decisions, not just taking care of my body physically, but like making decisions and seeing what my body's input is. Like if my body's energy feels, you know, um, like expanded or contracted when I'm thinking about meeting up with a certain person, let's say, or you know what I mean? Like just to make, making decisions in, in my life, in my business and anything. And how does my body like respond to that decision or like, how does my, how does like, cause I'm, I don't know if you're familiar with human design, but I am, um, I am a manifesting generator and my, my inner authority is sacral. So it's like my sacral chakra. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like just intelligence and wisdom there. If I'm tuned in to what my sacral chakra is doing and feeling. And so like really just tapping into like my, like my gut essentially, yeah. which is, just a, almost a fancy way to just say that. But um, I think for years, um, you know, it can be difficult to discern between like anxiety and, and intuition. Right? I like, know. I was going to ask well, you about that. Like, how do you, cause like sometimes that internal contraction can be mistaken for resistance or fear and we kind of demonize fear in this space so like Uh yeah so how what are your Uh little tools for deciphering which ones yeah that's such a good question and I don't always I am always like in the learning of that like I don't Mm -hmm. have it mastered but I basically um with trial and error like just with continuous practice I've learned that if I can be as clear a channel as I can be, like if I can keep my, um, like if I'm taking care of myself really well and staying clear in the sense that like, right, I don't have intoxicants clouding my judgment. I'm like feeling really grounded in who I am. Or I'm like, if I do feel kind of discombobulated, like bringing myself back to groundedness doing some grounding whether it's like a meditation or just breathing or just like getting back in my body before I let my body make the decision Mm -hmm. so like so basically just discerning whether I'm if I'm letting my body lead from a state of like um ungroundedness it's probably going to give me like off off feedback right? right like I've talked about this actually with dating. So like when I go into a date grounded and breathing and in touch with my body versus if I go into a date completely ungrounded, I'm going to mistake like the cues and the signs from him are going to be clouded because my judgment and my groundedness is off. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think, yeah. So I think what you, I think what you and I, Yes. I think what you're saying is 
because when we're not grounded, we're not in our bodies and we're more in our heads and our conditioning and our patterns. And mm-hmm. right. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. 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 More, I mean, to, to more or less. Yeah. If we're not in our bodies, we have, we're somewhere else. And it's most likely for me, at least it's like in my head and in my overthinking or in, you know, which, which usually always goes back to like the, um, fears or like, yeah, conditioning or like limited, limiting beliefs where I'm just going in loops, right? Instead Mm -hmm. of like working in the present and working in reality, I'm like somewhere in my head and kind of like out of touch with reality. Yeah, totally. Like, oh my God. Yes. So a pattern of mine, and this is like one of the things that has, um, I've come so far with, but it still, because it's a pattern you know, like you said, I'm always in the learning and it's always going to be a little bit of a soft spot that I'm like, Oh, there she is again. Like she kind of wants to come up, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And, um, but the, the light side, I feel like not the dark side or the shadow side, but the light side of codependence and, and, and as a, both of us being healers and teachers, the light side of, is that, of that is that we have this huge innate capacity to unconditionally love and accept people. Right. Mm hmm. But the shadow side of that is that we have chosen partners throughout our lives or chosen people, friendships, relationships, whatever, throughout our lives where we can't see them clearly and we're trying to overgive, self-abandon, overlove in order to fix, heal, or rescue them, right? So that's like the shadow Mm -hmm. side. But there is a light side there, meaning we have this huge capacity to really hold a space for people that maybe someone else would just dismiss or walk by or wouldn't give the time of day to. But I feel like I can really, at least for me, I can really see, like I can feel people, I can feel their heart, I can feel their potential. So if Mm -hmm. I'm not really grounded in my body and in the present moment, my pattern is, is to dismiss or bypass the reality of the situation, meaning this person isn't really emotionally mature or intelligent, or they're kind of a taker. And I will inevitably end up letting them a little bit too far into my inner, I like to call it tears. Like I have tier one, two, and three. I let them into like the tier one because I just love them so much. Like I know that they're not whatever ready for a relationship or on the same level as me, but what ends up happening inevitably, if I'm not grounded and I'm in that pattern of overgiving or just loving and accepting and this is, we can dig into this a little bit more because I want to talk to you too about kind of how I've had to reconcile this in my own life. But um, mm. is I end up not, like I end up just not even, like I love them. I leave the date, I leave the situation, I leave whatever, just absolutely loving them and not listening to all the cues that my body were giving me about don't open up your heart too quickly. Don't give yourself away too quickly. Don't... Um, don't let them, cause, cause sometimes my body will be like, mm, like, I'm not really sure, but, but, but I want to love them so much that I let, I end up letting them in too much and they'll, they start to take, they're, they're like an energy they take in a sense, because there isn't a reciprocal level of like just basic concern, courtesy, consideration, kindness or whatever. So that's, that's one of my main, main patterns that shows up for me when I'm when I'm not in my body and listening to the signals my body is giving me. Yeah. I like, I hear that. And, um, I'm glad that you even 
brought up the light side of codependence because because there is always the there's the yin and the yang like there's always the opposites and the duality and I think it's really great to acknowledge both so if we're going to talk about the shadow of it and then it's also great to acknowledge like the lighter side of it and that truly like codependents at heart are really, really, really caring people. Yes, yes, (laughs) And it's just that like we care too much and we don't have a boundary with our own caring. But like (laughs) at the heart of it, it's like we care so much about another person that, but, and then it's like too much of a good thing, right? And, And gets us in trouble and kind of like will sabotage the relationship as a whole. But like at a fundamental level, there's nothing wrong with caring about another human being. That's that's a beautiful part of life. Absolutely. No. Yes. A- absolutely. I'm 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 glad you resonated with that. No. And I think that we have to be really clear in our space too, because we do have a tendency to talk about pain points. But you know, our our greatest gifts are often in our greatest wounds, and our greatest wounds are in our greatest gifts. So it's not that we have to yeah. not love people and not unconditionally accept them and not see the potential in them. But it's like you said, that internal boundary and, and just, and getting out of our own way and listening to our bodies and sifting through our patterns and our wounds that have us, um, not seeing the reality of the situation and seeing where we're showing up manipulative, like you posted the other day or seeing where we're trying to change someone Totally. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I don't ever want to get rid of that aspect of myself. I know, but it's, it's so something that I've like danced with more recently is when I'm, cause I'll watch myself in this process. If I'm in like a codependent dance with someone, it's like, um, I can see, I can recognize maybe where I'm over giving and they might be taking, but you know, I'm, the dynamic is set up such that they have to take because I'm giving, right? Like, like I am offering too much and they're, I'm not putting a boundary on it and they're not putting a boundary on it. So we're just in this like dead end and we've set the pattern of, of the relationship like this. And I'll like step back and look at myself and be like, okay, I am not going to give like anymore. Like I'm putting a limit on my giving going to have it be more balanced. I'm going to train the relationship to be more healthy and more balanced by controlling what I can control, which is like giving less and Mm -hmm. seeing if they meet me more or if they don't. Because sometimes, sometimes they might, right? Right. But where I've really gotten stuck on this in the past, in my own cycles, changing my mind and, um, I'll get, I'll get into that mindset of like, okay, I'm going to step back and draw back a little bit and pull back and see what happens. And then I am like, but I just love them. And I just want to, I just want to show them I love them. It's almost like this temporary amnesia of like, I forget that the same thing is going to happen when I reactivate that that giving that I do it's such a weird thing when you really look at it and observe it from like a place of not even judging yourself and not even pathologizing it but just being like whoa really at the end of the day I feel like it's um, a bid for like connection and wanting to feel close to somebody and feeling like that helps that helps (sighs) 
feel close is like showing them that I love them. And that's kind of like my love language, right. Is to like give to people is to provide words of affirmation is to give gifts is to provide acts of service. So like, I just want to love if we're going to talk about the light side too. It's like, God, I just want to like give love. And and it's like, I don't want to have to discern who's, who's worthy of the love and just give it freely. But that, but that gets us in trouble when we have no discernment. Right. And I think, yes. So that's you, I think that's why you and I love each other so much. And, and just so everyone knows, like Sasha and I have never met in person, but so we just, but I, that's one of the things that I've been told over and over and over again through whatever healer astrologer I've ever seen over the years when I was trying to learn more about myself is like, I, my whole chart, my whole like energy, whatever, my past life, everything is about just love. Like that's who I am on a basic level. So one of the things I, I was thinking about this exact same thing the other day, Sasha, because I was like, I don't want to have, but I do inevitably get into a little bit of trouble. It's not the same kind of trouble that I used to get into, but you're like, you end up kind of disappointed or feeling a little bit depleted. And I'm like, wait a minute, where did this go wrong? And it's because that it is because of that. I just want to love. And I think you're absolutely right. It's that I love deep connections. I'm an intimacy junkie. I love to just like connect with human beings. I love them. And, and one of the things that I had to kind of really think about the other day and I'm like, well, maybe I'll ha- grow out of this as I learn more or whatever, evolve more. I don't know what you want to call it, but I had to like put it, decide like there was tears of intimacy that I was going to have because, and, and let me just kind of explain this because it sounds, I mean, even when I say it, sometimes I'm like, ah, that sounds kind of bad, but <laughs> like my first tier of intimacy is like absolute trust. I feel safe with these people, right? Like I know that they've done an equal amount of work on themselves. They're equally self-aware. They can show up. And, um, I know that we'll be able to have, a like conversations where we both parties feel deeply seen and heard if there is conflict, like it's that kind of safety. I can ask them for their opinion and they can, they can give me constructive criticism from a place of love and not judgment and not projection. Right. So like I have a very Mm. small circle that's in tier one and those people have showed up consistently over time. And then I've got like, tier two, there's still people that I love and there's still people that I, in general, I feel safe with, but they may not be the type of people that you have those conflict conversations with. Like it may not be, they may not be doing the same amount of work on themselves and it may be kind of pointless or it may not go well to try and have a conversation with them around, Hey, like that was kind of a boundary breach or Hey, like I'll use an example so this doesn't remain conceptual. I had a girlfriend that uh, couldn't come to my 40th birthday party. And it was like a big deal for me to have this huge party. I'd never had a birthday party for myself. I'd always minimize my birthdays. And, and, and part of my growth has been to celebrate myself, right? And so I had this mm. one girlfriend that I just really love her. And she bailed because of her own stuff and her own social anxiety or whatever. And I was really upset, but I didn't take it personally because I know it's about her stuff, but I immediately went, you know what, Megan, you so overextend yourself for this person every single time she needs you. Maybe what you need to do is be more discerning about what tier she should be in. And when she does need you, it's not that you don't show up for her. 
it's that you check in with yourself first. So like my first tier people, I don't even like I'll I'll run across the fly across the crunch country for them, you know, no questions asked. It won't it won't be about me with my first tier people. With second tier people, I'm a little bit more careful and I check in with myself and say, is this most nourishing for me right now in my life? Can I be there? Can I pick up the phone and help this person? Can I show up? Does that make sense? So much sense. Yes. And let me just tell you, when you talked about this on your Instagram post and you mentioned the term tears and you kind of, um, it was a post recently, made, yeah. like this week or last week, and I, I loved it so much and I snapshotted it and I just thought it was a brilliant way of explaining the different levels of being in relationship and how it's okay to have those different levels it's it's just it's really mature to be able to like because you you mentioned in the beginning like i don't something to be effective is it too technical to call them tier one tier two tier three but i think it's so helpful to have that um and keeping in mind like people can move tiers if totally if they show them if they you know show that they can but so it's not like fixed states but it's allowing yourself to have really safe boundaries with 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 your tears and know who's where and it's really providing like this like context to your relationships where um I feel the same way although I've never called it that but I I have those people that are in my tier one and I have those people that are in my tier two and it's like refreshing to be able to like that it's okay that they're tier two people. It doesn't mean I love them less. It right. just means that they they can't, like, we don't meet each other at the same level, but they don't need to be cut out of my life. Because that's been, that's been a lesson for me of, like, just because, like, being black and white with my boundaries, like, just because somebody doesn't tick all the boxes for what I need in a relationship doesn't mean they can't be in my life at all. They just can be in my life in a more limited way. Right. And it's not even about like, and that's what I thought was really beautiful about the tier two, like structure for myself was like, it's not even about like, Oh, it has to always be you. I give and you give, it doesn't even ever have to be this even thing because I think that can be really, that can be a little bit self-righteous and that's like an unrealistic expectation, but it is about that internal boundary that you were talking about where before I extend or before I go give or before I go run to the phone call or to the, the birthday party or whatever, I check in with myself and say, is this something I can give right now? Is, is, is this nourishing? Can, do I have the energy to extend in a second tier type situation? Whereas in a first tier like it's, I, I'm going to do what I have to do in order to get to you, answer the phone, you know, text you back, come to your wedding, come to your birthday party, whatever, because yeah. it's, does that, so that's just, so it's like, there's there may not ever be an even exchange with tier two people. If that's not what it's about, there may end up being, that's fine. It's just about me taking care of my internal boundaries, my internal world first. So that way I don't end up feeling depleted and like a victim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes so much sense. So it's then, like how you're coming up to the relationship. It really doesn't have any much to do with them. It's like where you're at and, and what you're able to give at any given time or how 
just checking in with yourself, which I think is, um, I think is always important for me. I would say even in tier one, I need to, I need to check in with myself and even with the people, not saying that I wouldn't like, you know, do anything for my tier one people, but Mm -hmm. it's more just like, I still don't want to, I still know I always need to fill up my cup first. Yeah. Yeah. I I see. I can see that. Yeah. yeah, like meet myself before I, um, because because of my tendency to like self abandon and mm-hmm. um, kind of like do things give at the expense of myself. Like my duty is to like first show up for myself, and that from that place I can actually show up for you. Like, mm-hmm. and you deserve like the whole of me. And so, but I I love the language around it, and like just. This, this distinction between um, between one and two, and then what's three? Yeah, three for me is are those people that just don't have that I that I love because I'm a lover, but they do, and I and I see <laughs> and I see the potential, and I can feel them on some level. And when I say that, I just mean like I don't know why I can feel them. There must be some resonance, must be some soul resonance. You know, I don't know. I'm thinking of like probably like dating situations more, you know, in particular, or maybe, you know, even friendships, I can think of a few and I love them. I really do, Sasha. Like it's, I think it's hard for me to not, these are people that I, you know, interface with when I'm talking about tears They're not like people that I'm not intending on interfacing with. Um, those people don't even get a tier, right? I think that's an important distinction. But the third tier people just don't have a lot of emotional intelligence or maturity yet. And there's some, there's some, um, in the past, what I've made the mistake of is not, not look, not listening to that, not paying attention yeah. to that. And then being really, really, really brokenhearted or disappointed when someone didn't apologize or didn't take accountability or, um, really was not very considerate and yeah, I, that happened recently with, in two different situations. One was kind of like a, a little bit of a dating situation, which we might talk about in a minute. Cause I have, to, I wanted to ask your question on this dating. Well, anyway, and one was within a friendship and I knew from the beginning in the friendship that, that I could feel it. There was something just a little bit off, but I kind of talked myself out of it. And I was really upset when this person, we had a, you know, a conflict conversation, like there was conflict, this person knew there was conflict and they just didn't take accountability. And it's not Mm. that I don't still love this person and still want to interface with them. It's just putting them in tier three helped me realize what this person is capable of and what they're not capable of. And maybe what conversations I have with them and what level of relating I do with them. Um, Yeah. That's, that's where that came from. Yeah. So that's tier three for me. Because mm. my tier two people still have a level of emotional intelligence and maturity and they're accountable to a certain extent. They may not be as deep into the work or as safe of a sp- space. My, that's what I'm saying. Like with my tier one, and I think this is important for everyone to kind of like figure out their own, um, 
standards within each tier, but I do think that three tiers are helpful and like how safe, but my tier one people are like, there's very few of them. Meaning like I can like imagine like even an intimate partnership being here, meaning it's not that I totally self abandoned, but there are some times in our lives where we have, where part of love is extending ourselves for another person, mm-hmm. not, not at our expense, but sometimes we have to put our, like, for instance, like with my dad being in the hospital over the past two weeks, like I'm not able to check in that much around my self care in this situation. You know, I'm, I'm having, I'm having to put other things to the side because it's more important to me that I go run across town to make sure he's okay in the morning, in the evenings. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes so much sense. And like, I think that a caretaking situation is one of the mm-hmm. situations that's um, a little more gray shade. Right. Like, it doesn't mean you're completely self-abandoning, but you're not. You're not maybe doing the level of self-care that you normally do and right. that you would ideally love to do, but it's like a temporary right. situation where you just got to show up for them. Right. 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 And it's beautiful to be able to do that because, I mean, what is life about, other, you know, if it's not about showing up for people you love in the moment that it really counts? Like, you're not going to be like, oh, dad, you're, you're suffering in the hospital right now. Hold on. Let me go to the gym and then I'll come. <laughs> then I'll come see you. Like, you're going to just come see him because, like, he needs you and he's in the hospital and that's. And I, that's where I don't think it's like black and white. I think, I think that there are situations where you need to have boundaries with people. You're allowed to have boundaries with people that are going through a hard time and it's necessary. It's, it's such a spectrum continuum thing. It's not a absolute black and white. Okay. Like, like you can't even generalize it. You know what I mean? And you do such a good job of like, you're in your messaging talking about, you know, of course, busting myths and spiritual like platitudes and, and just like sentences that really could be taken any which way. And you do a great job of putting them in to a context that makes sense and specifying that context. And I think it's always important to look at that. Like, what is the context of this? Because, mm-hmm. because every case is different. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So do you resonate with that tier three then? Like, do you have people in your life that you love that you feel like just don't have a certain level, a certain level of emotional intelligence? It's like, um, they're really great teachers for me because yeah. I can get really frustrated. So like, of yes, of course I love them, but I, and that love sometimes looks like, um, that love sometimes shows up as like impatience and wanting them to kind of wanting them to like, well, obviously. Okay. So if love is just like this abstract concept of just like, you just love unconditionally, then anything outside of love would be something like getting annoyed with them for doing something that you think that they should be doing or, you know, you want them to grow in ways so that right. they can meet you and that, so they, but that's still like not accepting right. them unconditionally and not accepting the reality and wanting them to change. Right. And so that's not love, right? Per right. se, but like it's, it's, 
um, it's so tricky. Like, but I definitely have people in tier three. A lot of a lot of people in my family, I would say, are in tier three. Yeah. <laughs> um, and because, yeah, yeah, I mean that's the truth. And I don't, um, I don't. I, I mean, I love them, yeah. and that love sometimes looks like loving them from afar because I there's not a whole lot of common ground or mm-hmm. things that we can relate on but like I, I like there's um there's oh, we have that there's still a love there I mean it's so it's so complex and complicated I don't know that it can be like even though it's in a tier it's it's not a neat little box. It's yeah. pretty, it can feel pretty messy at times. Hey guys, you made it this far. You're officially a whole human triber. Thank you so much for listening in to today's show. I hope you found something incredibly insightful or helpful or something actionable that will help you along on your journey. After all, that is my mission to be a relatable, accessible voice. So here's what I need from you. If you can leave a review, a five-star review would be greatly helpful or whatever feels in alignment. Written reviews are even better. Remember to share with your friends, blast it out on social media. That's also incredibly helpful. iTunes loves that. So thank you for being here again. And don't forget to tune in and subscribe so that you can get alerts for next week's show. Love you. All love.